This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Kevin 27 World. This show's Kevin 27 with another episode of Straight Outta Marvel Top 10 Edition. Today I'll be talking about the most epic origin stories in the Marvel Universe. Get ready to be blown away. Like, comment, and subscribe for similar content. Number 10, Moon Knight. Moon Knight is an interesting character with a complicated backstory. He's a former soldier who was left for dead in the Egyptian desert, but was resurrected by the moon god Khonshu. Now he wears all white spandex and battles crime at night. Hey, don't judge him. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Marvel really explored their dark side, and I enjoyed this thoroughly. Let's also talk about how deep they went with mental health and dissociative identity disorder. I thought it was a good learning experience for me. My only knock on this origin story is every time Moon Knight was about to put in that work, he blacks out. Later on, we found out it's the third personality doing the killing, but still, a bit of a letdown. Other than that, the world they built felt so separate from Marvel, and I love that. Great side characters that I would like to see more of in Season 2. Number 9. Shang-Chi Shang-Chi's origin story is all about family drama. He's the son of a criminal mastermind who trained him to be a deadly assassin. But when he learned about his father's evil plans, he turned his back on him and joined the good guys. The fighting in this film alone is a chef's kiss, and seeing Marvel dive into Asian culture was definitely refreshing. I thought the story was amazing because it had so many layers. You had the Wenwu romance, the friendship between Shang-Chi and Katie, the brother and sister relationship with Xiaoling, and all of them were interesting. The only negative about this movie to me is it did the whole both sides run at each other thing, and it's been way too overused. Like how many movies do I have to see this? Also, it released at a time where theaters weren't at full capacity due to the pandemic, so it didn't get to shine at the box office like I would have liked. All in all, great origin story, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Number 8. Deadpool This guy was a mercenary who got cancer, then underwent a super secret experiment to cure it, but ended up looking like a rejected avocado with an attitude. His origin story is basically a lesson on how not to handle stress. Nevertheless, Deadpool is great just showing that an R-rated comic book film can be made and be successful in the new world. Blade did it, but that was 1998. This film really explored the rawness of Ryan Reynolds, which made me ask, is Deadpool Ryan Reynolds or is Ryan Reynolds Deadpool? That's how much he bodies his character. I think with such a low budget, they really focus on the story. I really think when you make a movie that doesn't have to appeal to everyone, you usually get a good product. The only thing about this movie, Deadpool is really the only character worth caring about unless you thought these were funny jokes. Number 7. Captain Marvel Higher, further, faster, baby! She's a human who got infused with the Tesseract and gained superpowers after a failed lightspeed engine test. Then she was transformed into a human Kree hybrid and renamed Beers. 
I loved her story from the get-go, and it gets deeper when you realize how many times she's fallen but never gave up. Even overcame having her memory lost and found her best friend and niece. We also get some backstory on Nick Fury and the Scrolls. Also, this film takes place in the 90s, which we all love a good nostalgic trip. We also find out why Nick Fury is wearing his famous eye patch, and I don't care what anyone says, I thought it was creative. People wanted him to get stabbed in the eye or something. She's also the first female superhero to headline her own Marvel movie, and that film made over a billion dollars. Higher, further, faster, baby. Number 6 Blade. Blade is a half vampire who hunts other vampires. His mother was bitten while pregnant with him, so he's basically a walking undead superhero. Released in 1998, Blade was the first of his kind transcending comic books. As a kid, I didn't care that Blade was a part of Marvel, but cared that Blade was such a badass played by Wesley Snipes. Also probably the best opening to a Marvel movie outside of Infinity War. I think all these years later, the special effects are still solid and the fight choreography is incredible. Iconic film. Number 5 Doctor Strange Doctor Strange's story is about a brilliant surgeon who lost the use of his hands in a car accident. Desperate to get his life back, he traveled to Carmartage to find a cure and stumbled upon the mystical arts. This film is just brilliant because of its uniqueness. This is a story about magic, so there's so much you can do when it's not just look, I'm a super strong guy with a cape. No, he's a magic man with the cloak of levitation stuck on an endless loop dying over and over and over and over again to Dormammu. Seriously, have you ever seen a more creative way to end a superhero film? I haven't. Number 4 Guardians of the Galaxy Now let's talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy. This team of misfits includes of a talking raccoon in a tree that only says three words. They were all criminals who came together to save the galaxy. And that kids is what we call teamwork. This one is different from the others on the list because it's a group project. It's not just about Quill or Gamora. You grow to love Groot and Rocket Raccoon. I also think they have the best prison break scene in the MCU with Red Guardians Escape a close second. Ultimately, this film is unique on so many levels with its bright colors and throwback soundtrack. Also, the first time the MCU went cosmic and they nailed it. Sometimes movies are fun but lack the emotional depth and Guardians of the Galaxy capture both. Number 3 Miles Morales Into the Spider-Verse Into the Spider-Verse was a delight because it was a surprise. Most people didn't think it would be one of the best Spider-Man films ever made because it is animated but boy did it exceed expectations and then some winning an Oscar for best animated film. I really thought the way they were able to create an origin story on the story being told for the fourth time, they nailed it. Also having an OG Spider-Man to help carry the film was great and much needed. Some of the parts in this film were astonishing like the upside down fall was just a chef's kiss. Please, we can't forget the representation of it all, seeing the black Spider-Man was incredible to see. And if you think I'm lying, ask Spider-Man Noir. Number 2 Iron Man Iron Man's origin story is one of the best because he's a billionaire playboy who had a change of heart 
when he was kidnapped and forced to build a weapon. He built himself a pseudo armor instead to escape the goonies and decided to use it for good. His origin story is particularly fire. His origin story is particularly fire because he needed to create the suit to survive and no one else can say that. Captain America was a volunteer. Spider-Man was a radioactive mistake. And Moon Knight had to sell his soul to a moon god for his powers. Tony had his back against the wall and came out on top. But the best part about his origin story, no, not the women, is when he got back to the States and he didn't just go business as usual. No, he made a change, even if it could have been a deadly one. Number one, Spider-Man. OG Spider-Man, releasing in May 2002, we love Peter Parker's heart-rich and origin story. This was the film that taught us with great power comes great responsibility. It set the stage for the superhero movie boom. So many tried after this and a lot failed because you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice, which is why so many people hated the amazing Spider-Man. This film had the right amount of camp in it. My only problem with this film is the organic web shooters. Even as a kid, I thought it was just gross, but everything else hits. Besides, we get one of the best villains in cinema. That's it for our top 10 origin stories. Which one is your favorite? Let me know in the comments below. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe for similar content. Believe it till you make believers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Kevin 27 World Top 10 Edition. This show is Kevin 27, and today I'm taking a look back at the most emotional scenes from Phase 4. So grab a blanket and a box of tissues, and let's dive into the scenes that tugged on the heartstrings of Marvel fans. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel for similar content. Number 10. Loki seeing his death. Nothing can humble the god of mischief like seeing the end of his life the way the TVA showed him. We remember in Avengers Endgame when Loki stole the Tesseract and escaped during an Avengers time heist, but that wasn't a part of the TVA's plan so he was arrested. Now Moby is showing Loki all of the messed up things he's done and what it led to. For example, sending the Dark Elves to Thor's room, but that led to his mom's death that he never knew about. The sad part really is Mobius telling Loki, you weren't born to rule and be king. You were born to cause pain, and that's what makes other people great. Also, no one wants to look at themselves dying. Remember, this Loki is from 2012, and he died six years later. So that's a lot of life he's lived, and knowing how it ends just has to be torture for anyone. Number 9. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special Quill finds out he has a sister. The Guardians of the Galaxy special was definitely a fun time, especially when you have Drax and Mantis on Earth kidnapping Kevin Bacon right before Christmas. After everything goes according to plan and we get some good Christmas music, Quill wants to know why they went through all of this trouble just to bring the Winter Wonderland to space. When Mantis tells Quill about how Yondu messed up Christmas, Quill tells her the real story about Yondu making amends and that's how he get his element blasters. 
If that doesn't get you emotional, she also tells Quill that Ego was her father while she sheds tears and both are happy and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Very emotional. Number 8. Shang-Chi Wen Wu is hearing his dead wife's voice. This moment is sad just because if you've ever lost someone, you know how the mind plays tricks on you and this moment displayed this well. Wen Wu has been hearing his dead wife's voice, which brought the family back together for a quick reunion before they told him he was crazy and he locked him away. I mean, this leads to him taking his army to Talo and fighting his wife's village just to release her. The loss has this man deranged and it's sad to see he will fight his own son and daughter just for a maybe. Unfortunately, he releases soul suckers and the ultimate soul sucker kills him and that's just a bummer. At least he was able to give his son the rings before he passed on. Number 7. Moon Knight Mark sacrifices his peace for Steven. We know Mark lived a life of chaos and finally got his peace in the field of reeds. Even though he had his peace, he was still filled with guilt knowing his other half Steven was frozen in the sand of Duat and he goes back and tells Steven how he's the real superhero, how he used him to forget all his trauma as a kid and it's such an emotional scene. Makes you drop a tear or two or 300. Let me mind you Mark is in the sand about to be frozen himself. He doesn't give up and tells Steven he's the only real superpower he's ever had and it brings them both back and they become whole. Definitely symbolizes the healing journey a lot of us need to go on with ourselves. Number six, Black Widow. Natasha and Yelena are kidnapped by Drakoff. After Alexei, an undercover Russian spy, stole and downloaded intel from S.H.I.E.L.D. on how to control the human mind, the mission was complete and time to return home. Of course, things go left when the police show up and things get violent as Melina gets shot while trying to take off in the plane which leads to a young Natasha having to take the wheel as she saves the family. Unfortunately, this leads to Natasha and Yelena being taken captive by the Red Room. It's even a part where young Natasha is screaming, you can't take her, she's only six. This is where Alexi talks her down, takes the gun and both girls are put to sleep. And if you weren't already sad enough, we get the opening credits where you see dozens of girls in pickup trucks terrified of the men they see, screaming, fighting, and running for their lives as we see Drakeoff gaining more power and hanging with world leaders as we see these girls undergo these brain operations. I don't want to get too dark, but I feel it was a parallel with how young girls are sex trafficked and that's what makes it seem heartbreaking because you know this is real life. Number 5. WandaVision The origin of the hexagon after she can't bury Vision. Post endgame, Wanda has lost everyone she loves. Her brother died. Vision died. Captain America dished her to go have a dance with Peggy. And Hawkeye dished her to be with his family, leaving Wanda more lonely than ever. This causes her to seek the comfort she needs by burying Vision, but she has a rude awakening when Detective Hayward tells her he's the government's property and she can't just bury $3 billion worth of vibranium. He did give her the consolation prize of seeing him one last time with his body ripped to pieces, 
the scene really gets emotional when she does the mind stone thing she did in infinity war to destroy it and she says i don't feel you anymore and it breaks your heart because that scene was so romantic in infinity war now it's just crushing and thinking of the life she could have had she explodes and creates the life instead by enslaving the town of westview in her sitcom torture bubble of course it was ruined by agatha but still a great scene nonetheless number four falcon and the winter soldier isaiah bradley tells sam about becoming a super soldier episode five of falcon and the winter soldier was titled truth and boy did they tell some truth in this episode while the story of Isaiah Bradley getting tricked into getting super soldier serum might be fictional, we know it was inspired by the Tuskegee syphilis study, which was a study conducted between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Service and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on a group of nearly 400 African men with syphilis. The purpose of the study was to observe the effects of the disease when untreated, though by the end of the study, medical advances meant it was entirely treatable. The men were not informed of the nature of the experiment and more than 100 died as a result. This same thing happened to Isaiah and his fellow black soldiers and they thought it was a tetanus shot, but it was super soldier serum and it killed everyone but Isaiah. So they tortured him and experimented on him for 30 years until a nurse felt so bad she wrote it up in the records that he was dead and gave him the notes from his wife that was previously held from him. You can see why he's bitter and even tell Sam nothing has changed even all these years later. Also says they'll never let a black man be Captain America and if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. Yikes, dagger through the heart definitely an emotional moment number three thor stops fighting gore to be with jane we knew thor love and thunder would come with some comedy considering how funny ragnarok was but this movie actually had a few emotional moments this scene where jane sacrificed her life to help thor save the kids of new asgard is one of those she gives it all she has with one more blast from mjolnir which leads to her lying in her hospital gown and gore one step away from eternity and Thor stops him with this incredible speech about love, which was tugging on the heartstrings. Choose love, he tells Gore, and instead of killing all the gods, Gore brings back his daughter. Seeing Gore's daughter revive and Jane dying in the same scene would never not make me tear up, especially when she tells Thor to keep his heart open and phase away to Valhalla. Number two. What if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? What if gave us a glimpse into the alternate realities of the Marvel multiverse, but one episode in particular left us with a sense of heartbreak and despair. In this episode, we see Dr. Strange battling an impossible quest to save his lost love, Christine Palmer. From reversing time to forging alliances with dangerous creatures, Dr. Strange left no stone unturned in his quest to save Christine, but no matter how hard he tried, the outcome was always the same. Christine died in a car crash. They even switched up the deaths, and she got shot once and even dropped dead while dancing. After the Ancient One splits the timeline in two, we see Doctor Strange in a barren wasteland, trying one last time to save Christine. This time, he spends centuries absorbing mythical creatures' powers until he realizes he has to fight the real Doctor Strange living in the same universe. He eventually defeats his other half and gets what he wants. 
The moment Christine died, he finally gets to have it back, but quickly realizes it was fool's gold as Christine is terrified of the monster he's become and the world is crumbling around him. Makes it even more sad when he realizes the mistake he made, but it was too late as everything fades to black. And you see Steven holding Christine one last time, and her last words are, Steven, what did you do? As she fades away and Strange is left all alone, again, as he begs and begs forgiveness. Number 1. Wakanda Forever. T'Challa's passing. The opening to Wakanda Forever is the saddest scene ever from Marvel because of the real-life death of Chadwick Boseman parallel with the on-screen death of T'Challa. Seeing Shuri frantically pace around her science lab to find a way to restore the heart-shaped herb to bring her brother back is just heartbreaking to watch. She was willing to print out the synthetic herb when the confidence rate was only 29%. Shows the urgency of the situation and how truly desperate she was. Then Queen Ramonda walks in to deliver the news that he's passed on to the ancestors and Shuri loses it. Even during the burial process, she's really the only person crying because everyone believes in the afterlife for her. So it just hits home. This leads to the funeral of T'Challa for Wakanda and Marvel fans showing the last time they see their king and we as the audience will see the Black Panther as we knew it. Shuri has one more breakdown before he's beamed up into the Wakandan aircraft and he gets one more Wakandan forever salute before he's laid to rest. Then we get the opening Marvel title which is completely silent which was needed and appropriate in montages of Chadwick Boseman's greatest moments and when I say open a night the only thing you heard were the sniffles from the crying that's why it's the most emotional scene of phase four so there you have it folks the most emotional scenes of phase four let me know what other scenes made you emotional in the comments below and don't forget to hit that like button to subscribe for more videos believe until you make believers your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Kevin 27 World. This show is Kevin 27. Back with another episode of Straight Out of Marvel Top 5 Edition. And today I'm giving my top 5 reasons why Phase 4 received mixed reviews. Yep, that's right. I'm being critical of Marvel. So grab your popcorn and let's get it started. Number 1. People don't like origin stories anymore. Spider-Man came out 21 years ago and it laid the blueprint for what a great origin story should be especially for the adults that are going to the theaters these days. I was 11 when the film came out, and now I'm in my early 30s. I have a certain expectation for how they should go, and so does the rest of the audience. So when you roll out an abomination like She-Hulk, no pun intended, in a so-so show like Ms. Marvel, you're going to get low ratings and viewership. Now, while I think Ms. Marvel was a better show, it still suffers from the origin story fatigue regular person probably the loser type or not in crowd person conveniently gets some superpowers and tries to fight crime and be a hero yes i know that's what superheroes are about but that's what made moon knight special it was never about him working his way up to getting his super suit right from the beginning we know what the story is and we can focus on the main storyline 
not three or four storylines while trying to fit in woke agendas. Marvel spent way too much time in She-Hulk trying to convince us that men are awful instead of truly telling us a good story. The story was so bad they couldn't even come up with a true ending to the series. Instead, they had She-Hulk break the fourth wall in the most cringe way possible. It's like they didn't know how to land the plane, so everyone just jumped out in parachutes. Number 2. People are tired of the PG-13 rating. Now I'm not saying get rid of PG-13 altogether, but I do believe Marvel is going stale with the watered down version of action. For example, Werewolf by Night. While people really enjoyed it, I thought it was just okay because a story like that deserves a mature rating. That way you don't have to do the story in black and white so there isn't any red blood on the screen. They also did the same thing in Thor Love and Thunder with the gold blood but it makes sense because they're an omnipotent city full of gods. Werewolf by Night just made zero sense to appeal to a younger audience. Remember 2022, the biggest original shows on Disney Plus were the Star Wars and Marvel series. 55% of the viewership from those shows are in the 18 to 35 club, so cut the crap. It's the reason why shows like The Boys and Invincible were received so well because without the PG-13 shackles, you can really get creative in action and storylines. Marvel hasn't released a mature film or show since 2018 and they're suffering for it. Deadpool 3 can't come soon enough. Number 3. Nostalgia is killing the MCU because Endgame and No Way Home were too great. The MCU is definitely in its DJ Khaled era because they are suffering from success. Every film that doesn't hit a billion seems like a failure now. Every time you go watch a Marvel movie and you don't get that feeling of Captain America picking up the hammer, pause, or the feeling when Toby and Andrew walked on the screen, people are calling the movies mid, not realizing both these moments had to be earned. Cap picking up that hammer was 10 years in the making, in T since Age of Ultron, and No Way Home was 19 years in the making, with two separate rebuilds. These moments take time. Unfortunately, time isn't what they have, which is unfortunately time isn't what they have, which is why projects are being delayed because there isn't a lot more room for error. And Marvel put out too many bad projects according to the public. Phases one through three sprinkled in bad movies, but that was so long ago we forget and have hindsight to peak cinema. Number four. Superhero fatigue is a real thing. When it comes to superhero fatigue, do I think it's a real thing? No, but that's because I'm stuck in my Marvel bubble. I rarely watch DC films and most of their big stuff lately has been villain based. When I was young, there wasn't so much superhero content. You had movies, but there wasn't content like this before the streaming era. Now you got so many superheroes it's not even funny. Amazon is into the superhero genre now with the boys in Invincible. Netflix has made numerous amounts of superhero content. You still had all of the CW DC Universe shows and Marvel is competing with all of that while putting out shows six episodes at a time. It's no longer Marvel versus DC, it's Marvel versus all other superhero franchises and everyone wants their side to win. Number five, phase four was the inclusivity phase. I'm all in for inclusivity. I'm always saying how representation matters because it does. The first time I seen a black superhero on the big screen was Hancock and boy was I tight. 
I'm like the first black superhero and he's an alcoholic and his weakness is white women. It really hit me when Into the Spider-Verse came out and to see how Miles was portrayed was heartwarming because we were represented right. Probably why Falcon and the Winter Soldier is so high up on my list because I identify with Sam's struggle so much. I'm pretty sure it's the opposite effect when all you've known is your race being dominant in these forms of storytelling and maybe you start feeling threatened? Not sure, that's for y'all to figure out, but I know the MCU wanted to be as inclusive as possible for the minorities. We got DID representation in Moon Knight, LGBTQ representation in Eternals, female empowerment in Wakanda Forever, Muslim and Pakistani in Ms. Marvel. I mean, I can go on. Some people say it's forced, but I think what it was is Marvel played it safe for three phases, not even having a female lead until the end with Captain Marvel. Let's experiment for better or worse, and right now they're feeling the worst of it. As much as people pretend race and gender doesn't play a role in things, it does, and with all the race and gender swaps that's happened and will be happening in the future, prepare for more bad reviews based off of entitlement. So in conclusion, the MCU has received mixed reviews in phase four and it's easy to see why. The lack of respect for newer origin stories, constant PG-13 ratings, high expectations, superhero fatigue, and inclusivity all play a part. So what do you think? Do you agree with these reasons or do you have your own thoughts about it? Let me know in the comments below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, believe until you make believers. Thanks for watching.